It's time for a smashing cast from the present. Produced by Michael, the Exo Paradigm Gamer. Consulted by Haydox, the uh, Haydox. Supervised by Ryan, the Rye Rule. And directed by Dan, the King K. It's the Unversed cast. And now Sorry. I'm gonna hold on, I'm gonna I forgot to brush my teeth. Oh. oh. <laughs> It's always something. I did that right before I set up. <laughs> I always like to brush my teeth. What? Wait, why? Why, why does my mic? It, it well, makes your mouth it... feel cleaner. Yes. Yeah. But the only thing is, is that it also dries your mouth out. So but you I... want a dry mouth when you're talking a lot. Yeah, but not when you're recording an hour-long script. Well, that's why I have a, a, a glass of water. <laughs> a glass of water. Glass of water. Mm. I dreamed a dream in time gone by. All right, I've got everything set up now on OBS, so we got our when sync profile was young and let's, uh, let's be sure to keep I an eye on our waveforms just in case something goes wrong. I have my eyes on that wave. I dreamed that God would be forgiving. But oh, that, the that no context account is gonna have a field day. <laughs> with their voices soft as thunder. Thunder ain't soft. That's the it's the song from Les Mis. And you everybody gave the that performance. Sing, singing the song, song of angry, of angry men. men. It, it is the music of the people, the people who will not be slaves again. When the beating of echoes the beating of the drum, there is a life about to start when the morning comes. Will you join in our crusade to build a zoo? So today we've come back to continue <laughs> our Legend of Zelda retrospective. And I'm gonna mute Haydox's audio if he tries to talk over me. <laughs> um, yeah, so last time we met, we talked about Ocarina of Time. And this time we're back to talk about the sequel, Majora's Mask <laughs> for the Nintendo everyone, 64 and the 3DS. Uh, we have I just want to say. Before we start, Michael has consistently bullied me for the fast past hour. <laughs> I've fast had a really hour. fast hour. It was a fast hour because Michael it was, was a pretty fast, fast like hour. Ten since we were supposed to record like an hour ago. So it's a pretty fast hour. Everybody says. <laughs> I guess Hadox <laughs> forgot to set up his microphone. Yeah, Lois. Who else but Hadox? I'd like to note for the record that what? I wasn't Little the one me? who brought uh, brought this up. It was him. I'm just sick of being bullied on this fucking podcast. I'm sick of it. I want. So we're gonna talk about Majora's share. Mask. But before Yay. we do, uh, no! before we do, it's time. No, it's time. No, no we're not. No! I'm vetoing this. Ryan and I have decided that we don't want to do Sonic High School anymore. don't make me do it, please. Who, who is the president of Unversed Cast Incorporated? Me. Oh, my vote's oh. for Ryan. I'm going to vote for Ryan yes. right now. Yes. King K, who do you vote for? This is not a vote. What are you talking yes, about? Yes, it is. Can't you hear the crowd? 
<laughs> Michael, yeah. give your rousing speech to be elected. I want to hear it. I mean, it's not an election. It's a con. It's like you don't elect. Speech. Speech. I mean, president is like speech. a corporate speech. vice president. Speech. 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 Chapter speech. two of Sonic the Hedgehog: The Movie. No. A Sonic no. High School story. No. Uh, do, do you want? Do you want to be in charge of this podcast, Hey Ducks? <laughs> <laughs> Michael, that's too much effort. You know I'm too simple. I can't do that. I can't well, even upload a YouTube video. So what you're saying is no. What I'm saying is... <laughs> that was me doing the Spongebob thing. It wasn't... Cut that out, Michael. Bleep that. That, that could be taken a wrong way. <sighs> I can't. I, I, I'm just out of jokes. I'm out of funny juice. There's nothing funny about anything. Hey, Nox, you were making me cry like two what? minutes ago. It's just a joke. <laughs> you don't no, wanna, Batman, it's just a prank, bro. You don't want to blow this out of proportion, do you? Huh? Huh? So, uh -huh. so Mickey Mouse uh -huh. is the Joker? All right, Michael. Why don't we talk about what the folks came here to see? King K's opinion of Majora's Mask. So, ugh, excuse me. I would appreciate it if everybody in the podcast, including me, will now be silent. See, so I don't K know how. <laughs> I don't know how the audience is going to react to this because people hey, wanted Sonic High School too. Hey, Ox. Did you just do what I think you just did? Did he just fart into the microphone? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'm fucking crying! I am legitimately stunned. I didn't, I didn't know that Ethan was on this podcast. <laughs> I like the idea of somebody going onto the Inversed Cast channel and being like, huh, Haydox hasn't uploaded a, for a while, I wonder what he's up to. And then they just see that. Like, huh? Should have stayed in that hospital. Oh, no. Oh, no. King K, please give me your thoughts on Majora's Mask. <laughs> I can't tell what's real anymore. <laughs> Is this gaslighting the podcast? <laughs> no, it's gaslighting Michael. No, you've gaslighted me the entire time. <gasps> oh my god. I, listen uh. folks, I, you know, we, in all fairness, I, I feel like structuring this podcast like a fever dream is very, um, what's the word? Euphoric. Kinkay. Euphoric. Erotic. Very on brand. It's very on brand, but that I'm looking for a comparison word. You know, it's like to the themes of Majora's Mask. Spooky. Spooky. That was the point of all this? <laughs> yeah. It was it was a thematic thing I was going for. <laughs> you know, it's like poetry, it's but like it's it rhymes. Symbolic and mean stuff. Oh, I gotta gotta put Jar Jar in Majora's mask. Oh. <laughs> if we get Skull Kid working, it'll be everything. Skull Kid okay, is a funnier, a funnier character, character we've ever had. had. 
<laughs> oh, Ryan and I are on the same wavelength tonight. Michael, the vibe is off. Michael, the vibe is completely... <laughs> it's just... Michael, come on now. Alright, I want to talk gonna, about... If we're going to talk about Mask, Majora's Mask, let's talk about it. You're the leader. You can't expect... I'm, the, I'm like... Alright, if we're going to put ourselves in like a little team format... I'm definitely not the leader. I'm I'm more of like an Aquaman character, you know. You're, you're, you're okay. No, you're more like the wild card. I'm the wild card. You're the wild I'm, card. I'm Rorschach. I feel like you're I'm Rorschach. Joker. That's what you're I'm the kind the of guy Joker. who would like we we be like escaping in our minivan and then yeah. like you would cut out the brakes and then jump out of the van. <clears throat> wild card. I like, that. I like that. I like that. All right. Well, so what's he's uh, what's King K? Is what you're saying? Yes, no, very he's much just the wild so. Card. I feel like um. If, if we're doing Suicide Squad rules, I feel like I'm Captain Boomerang. <laughs> King no. K strikes me as You're Harley Captain Quinn. Captain Boomerang, doesn't he die in like the first five seconds of the movie? No, that's no. Slipknot. That's Slipknot. Oh, yeah. That's okay. me. <laughs> no, Ryan. Ryan, you're more like a Deadshot. I feel like you're a Deadshot kind of guy. <laughs> you're the one who's supposed to lead Harley Quinn. All right? Why would Harley Quinn be the leader of any group? She's the leader of the Suicide Squad, isn't she, folks? No, that's that's technically Amanda Waller, but... Alright, then Michael is Amanda Waller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what you're saying is, is that I have control of the collars. Yes. If you wanted to detonate me at any time, here's what you would do. If you want to see my weakness, you'd stop talking to me, you'd kick me out of the Unversed cast, and publish a memorabilia about, like, the life and times of Haydox, and then Axel. bury my body. Exo, if you got your fucking button on the trigger, just blow my fucking brains out. Yeah, Please. same. <laughs> I feel like King K is Katana. Because he, he's go gonna bah. trap people's souls. Like... Excuse me? You, you're what? Katana, you know? You got the sword. Hey, Michael, we should Why? talk about Majora's Mask instead of reading the fanfiction. Oh. Michael uh, proceeds to start making today. Suicide Squad fanfiction. Uh, it's not a Suicide <laughs> Squad fanfiction more as it is um um just an allegory, I guess. Michael, you're supposed to keep us on track. You're our Amanda Waller. And King K is our El Diablo. So you, it's okay. I'm going to answer your question from earlier, Haydox. Yeah. How about yeah, that? Yeah, I would love that. We I can would love we can that. save this yet. It'll be okay. I would love that. I would love that. I would. <laughs> Except I forgot your question, so I'm just going to say whatever I want to say. Um, I did not play it on N64. Oh. Ooh. Okay. Oof. Getting a little hot in here, you know? Oh, excuse um, me. Yeah. I played it on 3DS, which is like sacrilege for some people, but... And that's where we're going to start what, what are you gonna the episode. Do? No, I, <laughs> I prefer Majora's Mask on the N64, because I'm a stupid head. Oh, well, I, I like. guess I guess I am a stupid head because I prefer hey. I prefer vanilla uh, Majora's Mask. Same, Ryan. I've just you never and I played vanilla point. Majora's Mask, so I don't have any reference point. I and think you should. I think there's enough differences between the 3DS and the vanilla version to warrant a playthrough of each. <sighs> I will say this: um, it's not like Ocarina of Time 3D, where it's like, where it's like the original game but all of the bad shit is taken out it's it's there are some 
kind of weird differences to it that leaves it a little more open to preference. Uh, yes and no. Ryan, how could you even object to that statement? I mean, like, there are some things, there are some like, things. Like, no offense, but that, that was, like, the most, like... I mean, no, no, I mean, I, I get what he's trying to say. And, and, and some things, yeah, you are absolutely right. Like, it does make things... Like, like the, the one thing I hear about Majora's Mask 3D, and, you know, it's... Whatever I may feel about the remake, it, it doesn't take away the fact that this is the... This game got a lot of people into Majora's Mask. If it wasn't for this game, a lot of people would not be as into it as they are right now. They wouldn't have experienced Majora's Mask the way how, you know, they, they would have experienced it, right? Because one of the criticisms for Majora's Mask was the obtuse saving system and the, uh, the you know, the first three days of the game. And with the remake, with the way how, for one, it handles the clock, the way how it handles the save system uh, and all that kind of stuff, like it, it mitigates that kind of stuff and makes it more accessible, especially seeing how it's on a handheld. But with that said, and the issue, the reason why I barely go back to the 3DS version is because they, they quote unquote fixed a lot of things that weren't broken and they made them worse. Like the Zora swimming is worse. In my opinion, the Deku, the uh, Deku links movement is a lot worse. In my opinion, it's not as fluid. Uh, and the twin mode boss is absolute dog shit and it's the worst Zelda boss in any 3D Zelda game. Fight me. Like, there, there were things about the remake that are, in my opinion, significantly worse than the original that, you know, it, it makes me just kind of, like, disagree and saying, like, well, like, the original still has value. Like, there's still a reason to play I'm, the I'm original. I'm pretty sure that's what Michael just said, though. <laughs> Ryan, I, I can't I can't be on the wavelength here with you. That's ah. what Michael said. Ah, well, you know what? <laughs> Michael, eat my butt. How about that? Michael just... is too reasonable for this podcast. Yeah. He says too many reasonable <laughs> yeah. things. And Haydox is saying it. <laughs> yeah, that's when you know you're really fucked up. When I disagree with you. Yeah, yeah um, that seems to be the popular is opinion is that people don't like the 3DS version by comparison. Uh, well, from what I understand, I'm people, say, it's. I mean, there was a video gonna, that came out about it that got like over a million views and like and has a like month. the most obnoxious thumbnail in history. Ooh, <laughs> Michael I goes. Like that <laughs> they put the fucking lip alien from uh, Return of the Jedi Special Edition over the moon. <laughs> It's pretty it, funny. Shout out to that guy. I don't you know, know who I, he I'm is. not gonna lie. I actually do like that channel. I don't watch any YouTube channels other than King K. It's the only YouTube channel I'm subscribed to. I mean, so I watch, subscribe to today. I don't really have much context for it. I guess technically I played the N64 version, but I've never beaten it. Mm. I got well, to like the snow mountain, but like I watched that video, and the things said in it are agreeable to me. That's, that's all I'm gonna say there. My... Can I say one serious thing about Majora's Mask? Yeah. Because we're, we're about 23 minutes and I wanted to wait 23.5 <laughs> minutes to accurately speak and to no, not say fair. something that's, bizarre. That's, that's I feel like at this point everybody who does not care about actual opinions has left. So now we're with the real people. The gamer girls. If you've girls. made it this far, the gamer girls, if you made it this far, uh, please reply with the discount code KingKIsCool.com. Into the comments, I want to see hundreds of them. Thank you. So, 
I hundreds. I, I want to just begin with um. I don't know if this is a controversial statement, but in terms of, I guess how memorable and how um, how meaningful I f find all of the Zelda games I've played, I think Majora's Mask sits on top of all of them, by far. I feel like I, nowadays <laughs> that's not controversial. I I I think so too. Um, I think back it, then definitely. Yeah, I but think there nowadays, was a time when it would have no. been controversial. Yeah, I I just there. I don't want to go too too much in depth with my own opinions before everybody else gets a turn to speak. But I remember. I'm going uh, to let you finish. <laughs> but I remember just taking in the entire experience of Termina, um, and. There was something almost hypnotic about playing the game because like I remember I played and this was pretty abnormal for me because Majora's Mask kind of marked a turning point in my gaming experience as I moved away from things like Minecraft and Terraria into like more single player story focused things uh, in middle school because mm -hmm. I didn't play this game. I'm, I'm younger than Michael. I just want to say that I'm younger than Michael, so I didn't have an N64. Um, and I played this on the Wii Virtual Console, I believe. I got it on... I think the Wii, yeah. I had to get, like, I remember I had to get a special controller for it. And I played from beginning to uh, Forest Temple, is that what it's called? Forest Temple, right? Swap. Yes. Forest Temple. And then after I defeated the boss... I don't remember the name, it's but I know. I, I don't know why I said yes because I don't Adwala. know for sure if that's what it's called. Yeah, Odwalla. Odwalla. <laughs> and then after Odwalla, I didn't stop playing the game. I took a short break, but then I didn't stop playing from the the Goron Mask up until like the end. And I didn't get all the heart pieces or anything, but like I got every <laughs> single mask so I could get that fierce deity mask. And after playing, I was like, damn, this shit was cool. As a middle schooler, I definitely said that. I didn't say, wow, neat, I want to go to play Minecraft and make Majora's Mask pixel art with wool, which I did. But <laughs> I, I, there, there was something just, I, I guess you could call it atmosphere of Majora's Mask that it made you feel a certain way that I fell in love with. Mm -hmm. And I'd, I'd be interested to hear, like, not so much your in-depth critiques, but more so how the game made you feel. Because, I don't know, I, I feel like Majora's Mask is uh, a game about emotion more so than it is, like, uh, like t talking about it on a, a mechanical level. Well, it's also one thing, too, is that, like, and we, we've talked about this when we were talking about the Breath of the Wild sequel for E3. <laughs> Where, right. you know, people were making a lot of comparisons uh, with the sequel of Breath of the Wild to Majora's Mask, saying, like, oh, yeah, it's got, like, similar tone, it's a similar vibe, it's it's spooky and dark, and it's like, well, the point of Majora's Mask isn't that it's dark, the point of Majora's Mask is that it's always darkest before the dawn, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, it's supposed to be about hope and finding the light at the end, yeah, well, finding the light at the end of the tunnel that doesn't lead to death. You know, it's, 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 it's about optimism, weirdly enough. Acceptance, acceptance. Not even acceptance, because, like, you're going around, and the whole point of this game is to make people happy before the end of the world right. and try to right. save as many people as you can. Ah, you know? yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It's like, there is a feeling of, of, of hopelessness, and there is, you know, the game is, is scary at points, especially to, you know, an eight-year-old little Ryan. Yeah. But... 
it's all there to serve as a counterbalance or as a way to make the optimistic tone of Maduras Mask shine even brighter to when you actually do achieve it. Like when you when you do get Anju and Cafe married, or when you when you bring them together, it's like, oh shit, I did that. When you make when you give the, the postman his last thing and he's running around and he's all happy. You know, you did that. That's that is what makes Maduras Mask such a good game to me. Not so much about the spooky dark scary shit, but the fact that you're actually making people happy. And you know, you get something out of it too. Like you get something mm. that that makes it feel good. You know what I mean? Am I making any sense? No, I I, I definitely agree. Yeah, I I think that's the core theme of the game. It's about Although happiness. I think I think to completely discount the dark things in it is a little disingenuous. That, that's not what he's not, doing not, though. Not discount, but Well, I'm not saying you're doing that, but like Um I remember too when people were like, Oh, this thing is dark like Majora's mask. Um and then I, I follow some people who were like, but that's not the point of Majora's Mask. And I'm like, yeah, but like, I like you get what they mean, like, because there is dark shit in Majora's Mask. Like, well, yeah, but so, again, with with the sequel to Breath of the Wild, it seems more like horror as opposed to what Majora's Mask tries. I mean, hopefully. Well, that's the thing, though, is that Majora's Mask has horror elements in it, mm -hmm. like, and because the, the ending is hopeful, but like, the path to that ending is kind of scary at points, you know, like. Yeah. And there's who's to say that the sequel to Breath of the Wild won't go in the similar direction? Which is it? true. You know, you're not wrong. And I mean, I think but... that's all people were trying to say with the comparison, yeah. really. I I think nothing encapsulates the the scariness of Majora's Mask more than um I think it's called Icona Valley with the father and the child mm -hmm. and the father is like turning into a redead um and like he's trapped in the closet. And you can save him, but then what's really fucked up and horrifying in a more existential way is that when you come back after resetting the timeline, like, the little girl is still terrified and her father is still a mummy, mm -hmm. which is like, it just makes you feel, um, just, just helpless and scary. And I think the, the scariness really adds to what you were saying, the, the hope before disaster and everything um because without that i i don't think it would be as impactful mm -hmm. and i'm excited I mean, I'm, for... I'm still impressed that you know like everybody everybody and their mother says this but i think it's for good reason is that it's weird that this game exists like it's one of those, like, I feel like it's one of those anomalies of life, almost, that, like, it happened. Like, it just, it still impresses me to this day that something like this came out. Just like, oh yeah, we made it. Like, in like under a year or whatever, and like, yeah. Can we talk it, about, like, can we talk about that specifically? Because I, whenever people bring up the Miyamoto quote of, like, a rushed game is forever bad, but a delayed game is eventually good. I always think of counter examples to that, like Majora's Mask. Mario which, Sunshine. Yeah, which I don't think would have been like would have worked Sunshine as well. Is not a good example for that. Okay, well let's just say Majora's <laughs> Mask for now, because I feel like Majora's Mask wouldn't have been as uh, uh, amazing as it was or still is without being on that timetable for mm -hmm. development and being rushed, I feel like 
They like, they did a bunch of experimental shit, some of which, you know, doesn't pay off, like some of the time stuff you gotta wait around for. Um, but like, they did all of these clever workarounds for, um, like reusing the models, which adds to the eeriness of the whole thing after playing Ocarina of Time and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. But before we go into that, Michael, you've been very quiet and I feel like I know your opinion on Majora's Mask and I don't know, I want, I just want to hear your input on what we've been talking about. Uh, <clears throat> well, well, perhaps I should share my first experience with the game. Right. Yep. Um, because much like Haddix here, I did not grow up with the game. I didn't grow up with Ocarina either, but you know, um, but it was on, that game was on virtual console, like almost immediately. And so when I started playing VC games in like 2007, that's how I first played Ocarina of Time. Um, but it, it seemed like Majora's Mask took like much longer to come out on VC, and I don't remember when, but it, it did eventually come out on it. And then I played. I think it was it like for, the 300th game that was on that was added to the VC. Like I remember back then with the Wii, uh, the there was this one channel you can go the Nintendo channel for the Wii, and you can watch like trailers for upcoming games and shit and upcoming announcements. And that was one of the big things they were doing. It was like, oh, we got 300 games on the Virtual Console. Here's Majora's Mask to celebrate. Yeah, it took it took a <laughs> it took a Dragon's Age for Majora's Mask to come onto the VC, but then I yes. oh, my cat just knocked something over. Hopefully, oh, it wasn't no! it. oh um, my gosh! No, she's in the next room, but she's sure mewing up a storm. Uh, mm. Hopefully, you guys can't hear it. Uh, That's but, okay, yeah. even so if you I played, do. So I played the game, and I was so my thing was is obviously with Ocarina of Time, I've always could found that game kind of at least on N64 anyway, to be mod somewhat mediocre. Um, you know, between, you know, the frame rate and the ugly graphics and the very by-the-numbers storyline. And, you know, and it's like the one highlight of that game for me was, like, the dungeons. Everything else around the dungeons I thought was just okay. Um, and the dungeons kind of saved that game for me. Whereas with Majora's Mask, something about it like immediately hooked me in. Um, maybe because it because it's like with the thing about Ocarina of Time is that I played Twilight Princess first. So when I played Ocarina of Time, it just felt like a worse version of Twilight Princess to me. Whereas with Majora's Mask, it is completely its own thing. And it is not like any other game in the series. So it you know, it, it stand stood up a little better and drew me in more because of it, because it wasn't just the same old, hey, Ganon's back and doing evil things, stop him plot that we've already seen like 20 times at that point. Um, mm -hmm. it, it started off with a lot of intrigue, like the, the new setting in Termina was, you know, was a great way to shake things up after, you know, seeing Hyrule in 3D for the first time. Um, the game is overall smaller, and the, um, the design of, uh, Termina Field especially is much more compact and uh, I, for lack of a better term video gamey than Hyrule mm -hmm. Field was so it take oh and there's so many more ways to travel now so it and the uh, fast travel system is better it's like you can take a horse you can roll around as the Goron you can warp so it seemed like in terms of getting from point A to point B everything was much more convenient this time 
Um, this, and yeah, like the different story hooked me in and, and then I, cause it's like before that point, I hadn't really heard much good about the game. <clears throat> Nobody really seemed to talk about the game at all, actually. Um, at least from my experience in my small corner of the internet back in like 2009 or whenever this was. <laughs> and that I played the game, I'm just like, I'm surprised more people don't talk about it. Because while it does reuse a lot of things from Ocarina of Time, it manages to recontextualize it in a very clever way. Like, I remembered, like, the magic beans are back and you can use them this in, I think, the uh, Deku Palace or something. Yep. And and it's like, unlike that one quest, we have to sit through this guy talking, coming up with some dumb thing to say every time <clears throat> he increases it by 10 rupees. It's just, you just buy it and then you use it there. I don't know why I bring that up, but yeah, point <laughs> is, I thought the, you know, in the dungeon design, I thought in this game was pretty fantastic. Uh, and there are only four, much like a certain other game I know, but this game was developed in less than a year, so it's a little more excusable. And oh there are gosh, some stop. there are some side dungeons <laughs> oh that you can play to find sculptures. That's another thing I liked, is that in instead of having sculptures be everywhere and be hidden in obscure places you'll never find, um, they just confine the sculptures to like these little mini dungeons, and then you have a time limit to find all 30 of them, or whatever. Uh, yeah, you know, I think my... F one of my favorite parts of Majora's Mask is that the dungeon design is some of the best in the series despite only having four. And yeah. It's like, I mean, there are some weird things about the later ones, I guess, but like, in terms of like an overall design ethos, I just enjoy them a lot. I really wow. don't see the problem with having a limited number of dungeons. Uh, I mean, we can obviously get into that with the, 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 the game that shall not be made, named, but... I, I, I've never understood that critique. I'm going to build a straw man reviewer right now so I can just burn him down. But I've never... I, I mean, I remember, and this isn't like a damnation of the attitude of Majora's Mask, but I remember talking to my friend and he was like, oh, there's only four dungeons and it's kind of shitty because of that. So that's why I like Ocarina of Time better. And I never thought that the limited number of dungeons was a problem because... Like you said, the the development of them was so interesting. Um, I mean, we're probably gonna jump around a bit, but the the fucking the, the the cleverness of the the snow dungeon. What's that called? Uh, Snowhead Temple. I think it's yeah. Snowhead Temple. I I love that. Like you know, you have the pillar in the middle where you have to punch out the blocks of ice, and you have to manage doing that. And it uses the Goron Link in some clever ways, too, that I really enjoyed. Um, it's like, I a lot of... Again, this is a straw reviewer, man. But it's like when people complained about um, the Water Temple. Which I... I mean, granted, I played it on the 3DS in Ocarina of Time. But, like, that was my favorite dungeon because of the progression in the dungeon. It's like... It had all of these things where the layout of the dungeon would change as you did more things. Which is why I like some of the dungeons in Batwa, but we'll get to that later. But, um... Oh, oh. You know, the Defiant <laughs> Beasts were good dungeons. Yeah. It's just that yes. considering the game was developed <laughs> in like five or six years, <laughs> why weren't there more of them? I don't know. Miguel, Miguel. I like... Oh, they didn't even need to be like that. Divine Beasts, they just needed to be like Hyrule Castle. 
That one is a good one. I'll you know, that one you. I agree with. I agree with that statement, actually. <laughs> okay, back to Majora's yeah, I mean, Mask. Like, it's, um, my favorite dungeon is the Great Bay Temple, probably. Because mm. it's it like it's the same reason I love the Water Temple, honestly. Um, even though uh, the... the It took a while to get used to the Zora, because I know he controls differently. It's not like I really had a frame of reference, but he did. He was a little weird at first. Um, but just the idea of the like the dungeons, like probably one of my favorites in the entire series, actually. Because I like the Water Temple a lot, but I'm not sure I'd go as far as to say it's like one of my all-time favorites ever. Right. But the Great Bay Temple is definitely one of my all-time favorites because it's just like. First of all, it's like in a mechanical, like, you know that kind of environment that I'm talking about where it's like in a dark, mechanical, like, I don't know how to close that sentence. It's like a, how do you describe a place like that? I don't know. Like, it's, are you talking about the lighting or? Yeah, I guess so. It's more like just like, like what? is the Great Bay Temple, you know, like, because it's, it's just, it's like a bunch of pipes and like, it's, there's some weird yeah. monsters infesting the place and it's just kind of creepy to me. Like, it's just, I think it's the same reason that pe like, I've never played Banjo-Kazooie, but people talk about, um, the, the thing, the place where there's like the shark, I don't know, um, Rusty I don't know what it's bay. called, but like. Yeah, I think that place where, like, there's something about, like, the weird... I guess rust is a better way to put it. There's something about weird, like, mechanical and the way that it rusts over time and how you're in, like, a weird labyrinth. You're not only in this, like, complex fucking labyrinth, you're also in, like, this mechanical death trap almost. Like, there's just something weird about it. And I've always enjoyed it. And, um, it's probably, in terms of design, like... Since I am that kind of player, I like how... I like that even if I were to play it right now, I probably would need to think a lot about what the fuck I have to do, because there's so many fucking rooms. Like... To add on to that a little bit, um, one of the things about the Great... We're, st we're still talking about the Great Bay Temple, right? Yeah. Cool. So, like, I, I agree with King K. I mean, I don't think Great Bay is my favorite, but it's definitely one of my favorites from Majora's Mask, like, even one of my favorite Zelda dungeons, period. Uh, and I, I like this one more than the Water Temple, and to me, it feels like as if it's a lot easier to navigate, because one, I mean, you don't gotta deal with the Iron Boots, which I don't know if you brought up, because I had to step out for a second. Uh, you don't have to deal with the Iron Boots, you got the Zora Mask right there, easy to use. Uh, but also, it's easier to tell where you're going, because you have the different colored tubes that tell you where to go. In, in Ocarina of Time 3D, it kind of alleviates that a little bit because, you know, there are little things that tells you where you are, but in, if you didn't play Ocarina of Time 3D or if you just stuck with Vanilla 3 or vanilla Ocarina of Time, you didn't really have that. In Majora's Mask, like, it, you have, or in, uh, in the original Majora's Mask, you have those different color tubes to tell you where to go. So, that's one thing I think that they kind of took to heart. Yeah, like, I mean, in that sense, so. it is easier to navigate. Although I've always... For some reason, I found the Great Bay, like, harder than the Water Temple. Really? Like, consistently. 
Though that is the reason that I like it more than the Water Temple, funny enough. But like, I've oh, always what? found it more challenging to find my way around for whatever reason. Mm. I think part of the reason for that might also be the stray fairies that are scattered around, because you're not only trying to find out how to get to the end of the dungeon, you're also trying to figure out how to get to the end of the dungeons with those 15 fairies. You know, the, yeah, actually, the stray fairies are part of the reason these are some of my favorite dungeons. Mm -hmm. Like, I just like the idea of having to collect the stray fairy, because the thing about um, later dungeons in the series is that they don't really... Like, a lot of them don't really have other things to collect besides maybe a piece of heart or more rupees. Mm. And in a lot of cases, it just doesn't end up helping much. And the stray fairies, um, not only are they like, not only are some of them hidden like de like devilishly well, you also gotta like weigh the idea of like, hmm. I remember when I was in the stone, not the stone tower, the... Uh, snowhead? Yeah, the snowhead temple. And I vividly recall, like, looking for the last stray fairy with, like, a two hours left or something on the third day. Like, so I was just in this rush of, like, I need to find this goddamn thing and get to the spring. Um, but I, I just like that there's another thing to look for in these dungeons besides yeah. just completing them. I agree with that. The only place where I think it's an issue would be uh, Stonehead, because, like, one of the last few fairies that you need, you have to activate a switch when the place is upside down, then you have to leave, flip over the thing again, get the fairy, leave again, flip it upside down, and then progress. So, like, that, Stonehead that... is, like... <laughs> Stonehead, Stonehead is, is, is such like, a cool the dungeon idea. that I love so much, but is, I... like, so marred by its own mechanic that it's, like... It just hurts me a little inside every time I go to it. Stonehead Why? is one of the coolest dungeons on a conceptual level, but even just getting to Snowhead is a pain in the ass, and then we have to find Aww. the fairies Aww. for the Stonehead Temple. It just That's one thing about this game that I don't like. I oh, don't oh. like anything regarding Stone Tower. Or the Stone Tower. I, I like love it. the, the, the setup. Good, I, I love getting blown off that little ledge as you roll up. <laughs> I, Excuse me. It's my favorite thing. I I, I, I like yeah. yeah I I on. think the problem that I found from uh, Snowhead is that I feel like the combat for Goron Link with especially with those wolves is so infuriating and not fun. It's just like the what should be a hulking monster strong person just. They make you do, like, the most boring intro fight with that wolf and wait around, and, like, he swings so slow, and it's just kind of clunky. Oh. So, oh. Oh. I can understand. <laughs> but I, I I think, for me, I really enjoyed that just because of the action. Oh. Like, oh. Oh. Hey. How you Look doing? Who decided to finally chime in. Also, Hidox, I think we were talking about a different dungeon, by the way. Yeah, we were talking about, yeah, we were talking we were about, talking uh, about Stone Tower. Yeah. Wow. 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 <laughs> All right, that's where I leave the podcast. Oof. Oof. Wow. Wow. Stone Tower, man. I don't know, like, god damn it, Stone. Like, it just makes, it frustrates me thinking about it because it's like, I love it so much because you go in and like when it's upside down, it just feels awesome 
You know, like, it's just like, you're in a dungeon, but it's upside down, you fall off, you fall through the sky, like, mm -hmm. <laughs> that's like, just the coolest thing ever to me. And I love navigating with Deku Link over, like, bottomless pits, it's just so, like, it's such a weird concept, but it was so cool. But the way they did it was just so dumb, and I'm surprised they didn't do enough to fuck around with it in the 3DS version, considering everything else they changed. Like, like, like I don't understand why that end. was not the thing that they thought, oh, we should probably change that first. Like, I don't know what the thought process behind that was. Like, mm. because that's, like, that is one of, that's the reason it's not my favorite dungeon, is because of that goddamn mechanic. <laughs> well, yeah. like, if the, if the mechanic, if you could just, like, better access it throughout the dungeon, then it would probably be my favorite dungeon. Mm. I don't know. I really don't know. But I also have a sky fetish, so... That is true. You you do you do like your skies in your I love my sky Zeldas. cities, even if it's not technically a sky city, but it is up high and upside down, and there's... <laughs> Sky at the bottom, can, so it you counts. Can fly, you can fall into so the sky? So it counts, because I just like... <laughs> I like being suspended in the air with, like... I don't know. It's just cool. But you like, like to be high above the mucky muck? Yeah. Castle in the clouds? And there's just something cool about the architecture <laughs> of that dungeon. Yeah! It's like, people will draw comparisons to, like, the Tower of Babel, and then, like, the little stone blocks that move around. They're sticking out, like, their tongue and on the bottom of the block. Yeah, you see that they're, like, licking the Triforce? It's just like, oh, what the fuck does this even mean? Like that, that's yeah. you know, like on, on a on a side note, like one of the things I love about Majora's Mask is that you are kind of just like there's a lot that's going on in this world, and you're just kind of thrown into the thick of it, and you know you're given information through NPCs, but they don't tell you everything. Like there's still a lot of stuff that is left to interpretation. And, you know, that also led to, like, a lot of, like, fan theories, creepypasta, stuff like that, which I always, you know, I, I, I like to dabble in those every once in a while just to see what people, you know, have to say and what, what they come up with. And it's just, like, it's shit like that. Like, what is the fucking stone tower? Why is there, like, this weird-looking onion dude who's pointing up? Why is his finger on fire? Why are these blocks licking the Triforce? Like, what the fuck is going on here? And I, I, I love that this game just has this weird thing about it that is never explained. As weird as that sounds, it just, it adds to the mystery and to the overall atmosphere, the overall package of the game. It makes it feel weird and mysterious. And I love it. Yeah, I mean, like, to this day, I, like, and I love this about it, the game. It feels like, you know, the Majora's Mask itself is just such an enigma. Mm. Like, I see, like, and it's obviously intentional, but I still don't really get, like, understand what it is or, like, where it comes from. It's just kind of like a weird mask, you know? Like, like they, they tell you a little bit about it. They say it's like it's it's a mask that was used in hexing rituals by an ancient cult-like tribe. And it's believed to have these horrible, horrible powers that makes people... It's like the ring, the, the one ring. You know, it just it, it corrupts you and it makes you twisted and evil and it gives you that power to you know to, to realize you know that kind of evil you know what if that thing was like made at the stone tower this is like highly like theoretical but like well, you i never know, thought about that but like if if you read the manga <laughs> they're actually they actually do talk about how majora's mask was made it was like there was some dragon 
or something, and then there was a guy, and he made the dragon dance for like three days straight. The dragon died, left behind a shell, and then this guy carved the mask out of a shell or something like that. Man, I don't believe that shit's in the manga. I don't believe it either. I doubt, but I doubt like, they consulted anybody about that. It's just, it's again, it's just something that's just like, oh wow, that's what that somebody thought about this, and this is like a fan fiction. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I don't well, know, I just it's, like when the Zelda games are more self-contained because I really, hmm. really do not like the idea of a Zelda timeline. Obviously, this does take place after Ocarina for various reasons. Hmm. Um. Which is okay by me, but like I like when the Zelda games are more self-contained than like needing to place them all on some timeline. I have a really big beef with the timeline, actually, in that I don't think it needs to exist because I feel like legends don't need to exist on a timeline. If you know what I mean, like yeah, yeah. The point should be that they're self-contained legends that keep similarities between them that keep you asking, like. And I mean, like, it's not to say I don't have a problem with, like, Skyward Sword being, like, the first game in the timeline. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have a problem with that, because, like, clearly that's, like, we set up, like, where did all this stuff originate and all that? Like, I, I'm okay with that, mostly. But, like, the idea of having to place everything in this timeline is kind of, like, I feel like it kind of ruins the magic a little bit. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. And I think the reason why is because Nintendo com- came out and outright said, this is our official timeline. And part of the part of the uh, the appeal of a timeline back then was trying to figure out where these games could potentially fit. But, you know, it's it, it was different for every person and everyone had like their own different reasonings and stuff. And it was just it was for me anyways. And like, I know this is like a completely different topic from Majora's Mask, but it's just like it's it's interesting to hear people theorize and talk about about their thoughts about uh, I mean, it's, it's interesting to think about it's interesting to hear about what people have to say with their own theories and shit like that it's I, I like hearing people like discuss their theories and things to support it and then you could play through the games and be like oh hey that's that thing that that one guy was talking about like like you know the link is dead theory like that's something i don't really subscribe to myself but when i play through uh, when i'm playing through majora's mask and I see the elements play out right in front of me that, you know, supports that theory. I'm like, oh, hey, no, that's actually kind of cool. Like, I get what they're coming from and adds a bit of flavor to the game. You know, I, I like that kind of stuff. But the fact that Nintendo came out and said, no, this is our de facto timeline. That takes away some of the magic. Well, it takes away all the magic. But, you know, that's how it be. I feel like I want to let other people talk because I don't want to talk the entire podcast, you know? No, I'm enjoying listening to you say your piece about video games, King K. As as somebody that doesn't really talk seriously about video games that much anymore, frankly, because... Um... I don't know. Uh... I don't know why I don't anymore, why I don't enjoy it. I think, uh... I feel like sometimes when you express an opinion, I I don't, I'm not one of the people that's like, oh, you disagree with me, therefore I can't say it. Just sometimes I don't want to have that back and forth. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm content feeling what I feel about certain video games and not wanting to share it with people. But I enjoy like listening to other people talk, like you or Ryan or EXO who has not been as much of a vocal person about Majora's Mask. Why is that, Michael? Uh, well, I mean, there wasn't many, weren't many places to jump in. 
Well, Michael, sorry, you have well, that's the why floor. I stopped, that's kind of why I stopped talking because I felt you bad won't. for just rambling. Like I feel like I was just rambling on about things. Like I do. Yeah, I, I, Michael. I, yeah, I know what you mean. But I mean, I love I the game, so it's hard to not. You know. Can you do a little spiel about Majora's Mask? But as you picture the happy mask salesman to sound like, <laughs> I'm the happy mask salesman. I sell happy masks. <laughs> Yeah, but you gotta say something relevant. You gotta do a game critique. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you sounded like uh, the 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 fucking what is it? Uh, Sand Russell's people? ghost from Clint Clint Eastwood. You sound like finally someone let me out of my cage. Oh, time for me is nothing because I'm counting no age. Yeah, I couldn't be scared. All right, that's that's the it. that's. I mean. I Eventually, there's gonna be a roar in this game, and it is one oh, of my. Uh, and, well, obviously, I, I'm going to be taking notes, and I'm going uh, to be watching you very, very closely. You're talking but, about my baby, because <laughs> uh, that's like one of my top two requests, alongside Bowser's Inside Story, for some reason. Uh, yeah, but it's... I mean, part of the reason I put it off for so long is because I had to play Ocarina of Time four times, and I was zelda out at that point. And I'm gonna have to play Majora's Mask three times when I review that game. Um, but... I like how, I can we? I like how you always talk about this as if you've signed some like cruel contract well, it's like if Saiyan. I don't do it, then people like, will be I, like, why don't you do I a full playthrough of the GameCube version? You know what I mean? Mm. Nah, I don't feel like that's necessary so much. I mean, there's I probably know. not going to be much maybe... to say, but I don't. I don't know. But I do think there are some. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I should play devil's advocate here because it seems like a lot of positivity for Majora's Mask here. <laughs> because I mean, I don't obviously like the game. I, it's probably one of my top three games in the series. Uh, alongside Twilight Princess and some third game, maybe Link to the Past, I don't know. But it, it there are things about it that aren't necessarily great, even in the original. Uh, chief among them being that the frame rate is atrocious on N64. Like, even worse than Ocarina of Like, Ocarina of Time, for the most part, was a consistent 20, right? Then you play Majora's Mask, and it's more like 14 or 12, and it, like, moves all over the place. It's, like, a, on the level of, like, Banjo-Tooie, which is also really bad. So it's, like, if you're playing this on original hardware, it's, like, it's really bad. And I've heard from Jay that the GameCube version, surprisingly, has an even worse frame rate. Yes, it does. It's also noticeable when you, uh, whenever you're pausing. Um, like, whenever you're trying so, to go into your menu? Yeah. And... I know, like speaking of of Jay, because it's because it's like it does seem like once upon a time, uh, Majora's Mask was the little game that was too different and people didn't know what to make of it uh, back in when it came out in like 2000. But over time, more people actually sat down and played it and realized, hey, why don't people talk about this as much? This this has some interesting things to it, and then it sort of became what it is today. Um. But, you know, it's like, um, lost my train of thought, but it, it seems like nowadays there are still people who prefer Ocarina of Time, 
um, and he will come out in support of it. And a lot of some of those would be are my friends uh, Jay and Retropolis Zone. Jay's reviews in Retropolis Zone, rather. So might as well share some of the things that they said just to broaden the conversation a little bit. Um, one of the things they took issue with is that the way that you progress in, a, in Majora's Mask can sometimes be a little discombobulated. Like, uh, there's a part in the third area, uh, what was it, Great Bay? Um, Bay. where in order to open the Great Bay Temple and move on with the game, you need to find a song that you perform for Lulu, which summons a turtle that takes you to the temple. But in order to get the song, you have to rescue her babies from the the Gerudo Pirates. But in order to rescue the babies from the Gerudo Pirates, you need a seahorse for some reason that I can't... Oh yeah, the seahorse takes you to these mother and child rocks so you can find more of the babies. But in order to get the seahorse, you need to take a picture of a Gerudo pirate and it has to be like perfect, otherwise the guy won't take it. And you also need a shit ton of empty bottles to carry all of these little baby Zoras to this aquarium in the middle of the Great Bay. And it's, it's like, if you only have the one empty bottle, then you're gonna be fucked. You're gonna have to keep walking back and forth for every one of these things. Now, thankfully, there is a, um, I believe there is an empty bottle that you can get from some beavers or something very close by. Yes. That, which gets you up to two of them, and there are six total bottles you can get in the game, but it's like, if you don't know where they are... I think there's there six. There's six. I know this because in the 3DS version, there's a seventh one. Oh. Yeah. Weird. Okay. Um, yeah, so you can get up to six, but if you don't know where they are and you're just playing the main quest and you only have the one, then it's gonna be a real big pain in the ass walking back and forth for every single Zora. That's that's like obviously I've played the game before, so I know where to find the bottles and how to make that easier. Because it, I don't know in some ways Majora's Mask is kind of a Sega learning curve game almost. Yeah, um, what? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. no you're I would you're agree absolutely with that, right. Yeah. I'm gonna disagree with that because I feel like that's what makes it fun. I I remember. Well, yeah, playing... that's what that that's the whole idea of the Sega learning curve, though, is that it becomes well, more fun when no, you know but... how it works. My point is that I wouldn't even acknowledge these things to be flaws because I I always thought that when I failed and I, I remember playing it uh, on the N64 and, and getting very frustrated by this particular quest and I remember just like failing and having to reset the clock and I'm like when I eventually finally got it I don't know the, there was a sense of pride and accomplishment that I don't think I would have felt otherwise. And the fact that it was a grueling slog and it was kind of uh, infuriating to like manage your time and not have enough bottles if you did, I, I kind of like that. It it's like one of those negative aspects of a game I, I kind of enjoy. That's why I like Red Dead 2 so much, because it it's like, I don't think a game has to be fun to be fun, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, hang because if I remember right, there's an empty bottle that you can get in the ranch. Am I mistaken? Yeah, you you do a side yeah. quest for Creamia, I think, and she gives you a bottle with the milk in it. Yeah, so... I like, mean, it's not like is, you can't uh, get enough of them by that point. I'm just saying that if you, you know, didn't find the TNT to open the pathway to the ranch, 
and stuff and well, didn't well no because exo here's the thing in order to get to the great bay you're going to have to go to the ranch to get epona the great bay is blocked okay, up that, by yes that fence. is right you yeah. are right so like i i i get why people would be upset over the fact that like oh hey i made it all the way over here with one bottle well, it's it's but more the, about the, the fact that at, at the same time though it's like and as weird as it's going to sound, considering, like, you got the time limit, this is a game where you're supposed to stop and talk to everybody. You need to see what everyone has to say. You have to do those kind of side quests. That's where the focus of this game comes in. It's a side quest. Well, yeah, we'll talk about the side quests. Kind of items. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that, but, like, and this is kind of, like, not, like, going against what, you know, Jay and RZ were saying is that, like, you know, the whole point of this game is to do the side quest. You're, you know, you're supposed to do as many of those as you can. And if you, at that point, when you're at Great Bay, and if you do enough side quests, you should have about four jars. And in the in the Pirate's Fortress, there were four eggs you can get, and in the Mother and Child Brock, there's three. So, to, I didn't I, have that issue where I was going into that place with only one or two. I never felt that frustration. This is, you know, the way how I played the game when I was younger, and this is the way how I always played, is that when I got to that point, I would have four things because I didn't always go straight to the main quest. I think yeah, it's just and because, that's fine. I think it's just. I, think I mean, like just, it's. Uh, being I don't disagree with you. Like when I play yeah. when I play the game, I, I want even when I played it for like the first time. I want to say I had like two or three when I first played that, mm. and it's just like, yeah. But like on that point of you're supposed to do side quests. That's the point of the game, which I agree with. Um, it's one of the reasons why it's it's one of my favorite games in the series. In fact. Um, on that note, the N64 version does not really do a good job helping you keep track of everything. And because it's like, I want to say that the bomber's notebook in the original was just like a timetable for where people would be. Mm -hmm. Um, and whereas in the way, remake, it was also a way to just keep track of what you already have. Yeah. So there's that aspect of it, but it's just like, there are these, for, for example, there's a heart piece you get, I think by using some mask near these two dancing ladies in East yeah. Clocktown. Um, yep. And it's just like, the first time you meet them, you might not think there's a side quest there. You know what I mean? Where it's like, you could talk to well, all of these people, yeah. but you might not necessarily know that it's a side quest or what you'd need to get them. There's stuff like Can the I, lady with the well, bomb mask that comes through at this very specific time in the evening. You know, there's a lot of things that frankly i wouldn't have known about without the internet because i want to okay. say that when i first played majora's mask i used the internet a lot to figure out how all, where all this stuff was to get all the masks for the fierce deity mask and i want to say i didn't figure out how to get them all on my own that if i did try to figure out how to get them all on my own you know i might not have found everything well See, he, here's, the, I, here's the thing I, with that x so hang on because like yes like, Okay, so the thing with the dancing ladies, okay, when you go up to them in the middle of the night, there's a piece that's playing, like there's music that's playing, right? And when you're exploring high or ex whoa, when you're exploring Terminal Field at night, and you are going to do that eventually. Well, that was just one example. You know, you know? You'll, you're going to hear that music. You follow that music. You find that guy. He gives you a mask. Oh, yes, hey, but what are the odds that, that you're going to be wandering around that specific part of Hyrule Field at that specific time, though? It's, is my it's pretty, pretty high because are, I how are you going to find the stone mask? It's pretty small. How are you going to find the stone like, mask? Isn't I feel like that's in Termin... Where is that mask? It's like on the road to Iconic Canyon. You need the Lens of Truth select, and I think you have to give him a red potion. 
It's like, how are yeah, you going mean, to find that? What are the odds that you're going to find the, that guy on your own? Because I mean, you to, see to, that to, there is a circle, like there's a rock. There's like a, like a of circle of rocks, but there are tons of circles of rocks throughout the whole game. Yeah. Okay, but to, to just add on to what Ryan was saying, I think I, I love also how cryptic Majora's Mask can be. Like subtly. Well, you know, so Zelda 2 is cryptic not too. More subtly. Okay, 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 okay. But I, I really like it because I think it's, it's like, I wouldn't say it's intentionally cryptic, but I, I never really minded opening up uh, the internet to find things that I might have missed. I, I've never really understood that as like a negative thing of game design. I mean, I can understand because it breaks the flow, whatever. But it never personally bothered me if I forgot to get a mask, if I had to remind myself uh, if, where to go, if I had to open the manual. Remember, I'm playing devil's advocate right now. Mm -hmm. I know, because it's like I'm normally just... I don't mind doing that either. It's just like if I'm missing like one blue coin, I'll go look it up. I mean, yeah, my thing is, I mean. my thing is, and I, I don't, I don't mean to flex, but I was able to 100% complete this game without a guide. Like wow. I get that there are cryptic things, and like, my. First time completing this game 100%, it was without a guide. And like, I get that there can be cryptic things in this game, but I don't think they're as cryptic as as people make them out to be. They're not like, as cryptic as playing the Song of Storms next to a random tree to make a hole appear in Ocarina of Time. Yeah, right. I like, think I it think was that, like a good game, balance. I think this uh, game gives that you- makes sense. I think this game gives you enough information to figure out this kind of stuff on your own. I think the most cryptic this game ever gets, and this is something that like I don't even know how I've managed to figure out when I was a, when I was a kid. There's this one heart piece side quest where you have to go around and turn on a field, and you have to go inside these holes to find these gossip stones, and you have to play a certain song in front of the gossip stone, and then it'll change color, and they have to go to another set of gossip stones somewhere else on the field. Like I never understood how I did that because I don't even know how. To make that work. I don't understand the point of that side quest. I don't know what you're supposed to do, but I somehow did it. So I mm. did something right. I I also think that it's something that I miss. Um I don't I don't normally subscribe to the belief that once you put a waypoint on a map, like a mini-map in an adventure game, it ruins the experience. Mm -hmm. Um but to there, there was something that, like, figuring out where to go in Majora's Mask, and it just... Playing it was, like, almost like you were as helpless uh, as Link is. And King K, I know you're gonna love this term. It was a ludonarrative thing, I guess. Like, Why are um, you specifically directing that at me? <laughs> no, because I remember uh, one of my favorite uh, videos of yours was when you were examining three, five, eight days over two. Is that how you say it? Yes, that is precisely um, how you say that. Okay, so I remember you were talking about like, um, you know, the 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 game itself was a little drab, but what was more meaningful was like it was kind of like you were doing chores and your work. And the most uh, gratifying thing about work is spending time with your friends, which is like analogous towards the cutscenes and the interactions Roxas has with Axel and Gion. And for me, I felt a similar way of like, I feel just as helpless as Link and confused and kind of just bumbling my way through it. 
and failing a bunch and trying again. And I really like that. I I enjoy failure. I enjoy failure in games, and I well, wish I that. I think yeah. What you're ch um, I think earlier you said something, but I don't. Mm -hmm. I think it was a wrong way to say that. Okay, I, you I said babbled. That you said that drunk. sometimes when things are not fun, they can still be fun, but I don't think... I think the point of saying things like that is that fun is not a necessary element That's what I gameplay. Meant. Like, because there's... Majora's Mask is one of the first times I experienced a game where I felt really stressed out, mm -hmm. but, like, stressed out in a way that felt like it resonated with the themes of the game and like the story setup and that's when I kind of first clued into the idea that like hey maybe maybe if all games were trying to be the exact same thing then what like what would ever differentiate them anymore and then um, I play something like 358 Days Over 2 in the past um, I'm not sure I would have ever even thought about it the way that I do now but like cause like if you think about it from like this one frame of mind where you're like this game is needs to be fun right if i'm thinking about it from that frame of mind then like it's atrocious like <laughs> you know like i get no like but i i still recognize that even when i was a kid i got some kind of value out of it that I could never really put into words. Like, I had a really special connection with it that was really hard to... that I could never really phrase until I grew up and kind of recognized that, like, wow. Like, you ever play something and, like, the fact that it is a certain way kind of strengthens another aspect of it that's kind of, like, it puts it, like, puts it apart from other... Because, like, video games are art, right? And art, if you try to pigeonhole it to be a certain way, Mm -hmm. then I feel like we we arrive at a game space, especially nowadays, where everything just kind of feels like it's striving to be the same thing. And then you lose a lot of that uniqueness. Like, I guess what I'm trying to say is that sometimes a, f a potential fault of something can turn out to be... can turn out to resonate as good as a potential strength, depending on the context of it. And Majora's Mask was definitely the first time I ever encountered something like that. It's pretty rare, because I don't think games ever really... Um, I don't think most games... I don't even think Majora's Mask tried to do that, but that's just kind of the effect it has on me and probably a lot of other people. Yeah. I mean, I didn't mean All to right. derail that, but, like, I, I just felt like I had to say it, because, like, I don't know. I mean, I, no, I, 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 I agree with you. Because, like, I, I, I hate trying to make that argument, because, like, it could very well be seen as people, like, people saying, like, oh, you, like, they're just making excuses, you know, like. I mean, like, I, I guess another example, uh, again, to derail the conversation a little bit, like, if... You, know, you got games like Majora's Mask, which is supposed to stress you out, or 358 Days, which is, you know, a game that's, I don't want to say is supposed to be boring to replicate work, but, you know, well, it's, I don't, yeah, I don't like, think they developed it with that intention. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to go that far, but, like, right. but, like, it's that kind the, of, the emotions um, I had coming out of it are not, are undeniable to me. Like, right. 
And I also you know. think like, you know, another game that kind of does that kind of thing will be something like Stardew Valley or Harvest Moon, where it's just like if you're, you know, when you're farming, you're kind of just going through like the same old routine. You're doing the same shit over and over and over again, but yet there's some sort of satisfaction to it. And I, I yeah. think too, Kincaid, there that when people try to argue against that of using different lenses to critique games, it's pretty close minded. I mean, I, I feel like, I don't know, the what's the most meaningful thing is like how, how a game made you feel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talk about how objective criticism isn't real, which it isn't, if anybody didn't know. But we, I feel like th- there's always different ways of looking at a game that I feel like some people online refuse to even acknowledge, which is kind of frustrating. Um, and I, I don't want to get into it, and I'm not, this isn't a damnation about anybody, but, like, there, there are games that, um, and I know sometimes we don't like making this con- concession of, like, you know, mechanically I can recognize that there are flaws, but still enjoy it, and then I could just, not just say that, I could just say I enjoy it, but, like, Spyro Hero's Tale, it's got, like, weird game design quirks, but like the way it makes me feel right now and when i play it is like it transports me back to drinking chocolate milk and like getting a new memory card for easter for the gamecube because i'd run out of space and no matter what anybody tells me about spyro a hero's tale when I play it and see it, it just makes me think of those times and it makes me feel happy. Yeah, it's and a it's positive like, association. Yeah, and I yeah, don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's literally nostalgia, though. So? What's wrong with nostalgia? <laughs> it's, it's like a you, game. You, you just said that it game. makes it harder for you to see the flaws in the game because you, you remember so? getting your Easter card... Your memory card for Easter or whatever. No, I, I can still see the flaws in Spyro a Hero's Tale, trust me. But that doesn't mean it's going to detract from the nostalgia and how it makes me feel. Uh, if yeah, I think the, the thing is that, like, there's no point in saying that, oh, you're just, it's just nostalgia. Because, like, yeah, maybe it is. But, like, provided that there's nobody trying to arbitrate what is a correct opinion, then I don't think it should really matter that much. Like, you know? But I still feel like you can have some fun critiquing elements of the game, even if you really like it, and be like... Well, there's also kind of, like, you could even if, like... There's also the the aspect of like even if you criticize something a lot and then at the end of the day you're like I love this game and people yeah. be like huh, how did you arrive at that conclusion and it's like well, does it matter like right well like then, like I can like let's let's think of a thing okay um, what game do I really like that is not great Kingdom Hearts three did I did I just walk into that one. <laughs> Did I just walk into that one? Did I really just do that? I thought Michael was going to get on that one because I saw where it was going. And I expected Michael to chime in. Um, Toy Story 2. How about Toy Story 2? That game, I I kind of... I kind of acknowledge that there are more substantial 3D platformers I could play over that game. 
but at, but like and i could go into like a ton of reasons why there are like several things about it that i don't really like but there are also things i do like and at the end of the day i just love playing it you know like and how I arrive at that conclusion, I don't think is as important as long as I just am there, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I agree with you. I agree. I think like maybe too, it is nostalgia. Maybe it is. I don't know. Uh, but I think, um, there, there are, I always like the, the comparisons between like literal and figurative interpretations of, uh, media. Like, I don't know, there, there's a, a figurative meaning to the movie Annihilation. Like, um, it's about, you know, personal struggle and a bunch of other things <laughs> that I don't want to get into. But, you know, then you have the literal story of, uh, the alien, um, replicating and trying to, you know, take over the world. And I think, like, you can separate both those things and in the same vein of Majora's Mask, be like, this is how it makes me feel, this is how it plays... And look at That's, those individually. I feel like and, people would look at the story of Majora's Mask a different way depending on how they view that. Like, Yeah, yeah, I agree too. I mean, I'm sure, like, I know people who exist that just don't believe in theming and, like... And <laughs> Is that real? Is that a real thing? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's not common, but I have seen it before. <laughs> and I'm not sure how they would react to Majora's Mask's story. You know, like... I'm sure they'd find some pleasure in it, but they I'm not sure that they would un, like I'm not sure that they would get as much out of it, you know? Mm. All right. I think there's a, there's the same kind of reading with games and gameplay though, like there's not I don't think there's any right or wrong way to go about it. Like if you mm. if you're a very like I want my games to be fun. I don't think that's like I don't think that's a wrong way to view that either. I just think that like, you would not, you probably wouldn't get the same thing out of it, which is probably where people but, like Retropolis Zone and Jay come in, where, like, they're, obviously, they, um, they have, di we all have different values, you know, like, and I think it's, you know, I mean, it's obviously, kind of, it's just fine, because, like, I they, probably they see, shouldn't have named drop them, because they're not, like, here to, like, substantiate what they think. Well, I understand, because I've had long conversations with Tropolis back in the day when I was making the Zelda videos about Majora's Mask. I mean, also and on top so of I, that. Like, I very, I very well understand what he means, and, like, I definitely acknowledge that, like, especially when it can be easy to fall into that trap, that it can be very frustrating. But also, on so, top of that, XO, they, they have videos on their channel about Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, respectively, so... If you want to know more about what they say, you should probably check them out. I think that was just out. my long-winded way Whoa. of trying to get to the point that, like, we, we all have different values. I don't know why it took me so long to get there, but, like... Well, here's the thing, though, is that... Is it's, like, everything... I mean, like, I agree for the most part, but it's just, like, is Majora's Mask not a fun game? Because I think it is a fun game. Well, well I, I think, think it, it is, is fun. Game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I never said it wasn't, but, like... It's I, more so that I think aspects, I think aspects it are... of it are not necessarily fun in a traditional way. Like I think the like, obviously like the, like the dungeons I think are fun and like a lot of the side quests are pretty fun. But like m like time management in general <laughs> is not necessarily fun. You know, like um, 
but like the the entire like atmosphere of the game and like the kind of weird it's kind of a thing that's in Dark Souls too where like I don't necessarily play Dark Souls for the difficulty because a lot of people get into that series like it's fun and rewarding to get past difficult challenges and I do agree with that that's an element of it but a lot of it is also like how like obtuse it is and like how impenetrable it can feel sometimes and like how it makes it kind of makes you feel like 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 at some points it feels almost hopeless you know and that's like a unique feeling I don't get in a lot of games. So that's all I was really trying to say, is that Majora's Mask has a few elements that I wouldn't think of as traditionally fun, but are still compelling in their own ways for different reasons. Okay. I agree. Do we have anything more to say? We didn't even talk about the side quests. Do you want to oh. do that? Yeah. You know, I, I guess, um... The we'll get onto the side quest, but I don't know why Majora's Mask should be like one of the most interesting games to talk about, but for some reason it's like I don't know. Much like the game, it it, it doesn't. It's like pretty short, and you can sort of sum it up in a few hours or so. And I don't know. I, I feel like that's interesting too. I, like maybe part of it's just that everybody's kind of said everything about this game already. Oh, can yeah. you say that with all the 3D Zelda games? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like I had new mm. things well, to so, say about of Ocarina them feel, of Time. Some of them feel under discussed, like so. Like, um, I'm interested to see what we have to say about Skyward Sword. So, uh, I'm yeah, I feel for that one. you know, oddly, Skyward Sword does feel under discussed for as much as people <laughs> don't like it. You know, like. Mm. Yeah, I I agree with that a lot. Okay, I feel like um, I can can we talk about the music for a second? Because yeah. uh, I think Majora's Mask has some of my favorite music in any Zelda game. Maybe besides um, hmm, maybe besides the Wind Waker or mm-hmm. Batwa, I. Just the music. I mean, the track that perfectly encapsulates Majora's Mask has always been Astral Observatory, which is like... You think so? It's No, because it is literally emblematic of the whole theme. It it has like the... Like the, the music is rising above, showing that hopelessness... But then it goes down, and it's beautifully composed where it's like, it's soaring, but at the same time it feels like it's sinking. Because you have like, the staccato rhythm in the background of like, dun 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 And you have that like, it sort of feels like it's bogging it down, like something is pulling the track down, while like, it's trying to rise above everything. And it feels like, in the same way, you know, Link is trying to rise above, um the inevitability of the moon crashing into Termina and him not being able to save everyone. And it's, it's, it is a genius track. I mean, take a listen to it and like a close listen to how all of the parts play onto each other. And I know we can't 
sort of show it, not show it. <laughs> we can't it. show the music. We can't play it um, because of copyright concerns and all that. But I encourage anybody to to just listen to that after they're done watching this or whatever, because like when you think about the Astral Observatory as the the sort of main theme of Majora's Mask. I feel like, I don't know, it captures the very essence of the game. See, I, 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 I get what you're, you're saying, and I think it's really cool mm. how you're able to, like, you know, you're able to think about all that based off of, like, Thanks. one track. And, you know, the fact that you see that kind of thing in the Astral, Observ- in the Astral Observatory, excuse me, I think it says a lot for the, the quality of the music of the game, right? Mm. I just For me, I think, like, the obvious answer is, is the Song of Healing. Like, every single time that you use Song of Healing for, um, like, when you see Mikau, like, moving on, and you see, uh, oh, fuck, who's the Goron guy? I can't remember his name. I keep thinking it's, like, Daruk. Yeah, I keep thinking it's Daruk, but that's Breath of the Wild. Uh, but when you see the Goron spirit, like, be put to rest, and then, uh, when you use it in the Icona Valley, and, you know, the, the father is, like, brought back to normal, and the, the father and the child, they embrace for the first time in, like, God knows how long. You know, it, it sounds like... Like it starts off like very melancholy and then it just mm. it picks up towards the end where it's like it's not like super optimistic, but it's hopeful. And again, they, yeah. like that's that's the point is like there are things about this game that are dark. There are things about this game that is depressing, but that is not the point. The point is that there is light at the end of the tunnel and that it's hope. You gotta be hopeful. You gotta be optimistic. So it just yeah, I feel how, musically how it's dynamic. Damn good, but I'm not sure I'd yeah. say it's my favorite in the series quite readily. Mm. It's a little like. I feel like I have one thing to say about Majora's Mask. It has a few great songs, and I don't remember the rest. You know, like. Mm. Well, to be fair, it also reuses a lot of music from Ocarina of Time as well. Does it? Yeah, yeah. that might be it. Like, cause I, 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 I love the Astral Observatory and the Song of Healing, and um, I, I also like the Stone Tower Temple music. Mm. Yeah. Um, there are probably like one or two I'm not thinking of, but that's uh, the thing is, is that other than that, I'm not sure that I like the rest of the soundtrack all that much. Oh, I disagree. I, (laughs) um, which might be controversial, but like, it's making me feel controversial. It it may just be because there are not that many unique tracks, you know, I think there there are a few. I think there are enough like one thing i do like about uh the soundtrack is that in in the different regions that you go to it'll play it's kind of just like that thing with super mario world uh where you know there's one theme in that game but it's used in different ways the slate motif i think yeah and they use that for the mountains the canyon the ocean and the swamp and like each version sounds you know it's the same melody but it's used with different instruments and it's used with a different tone and it, it works well for each of the different regions. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Like, I, I remember that stuff. I remember, I, but I so feel I, like the, the, the problem is that Zelda games for me have like, there are some games that just have like outstanding soundtracks overall. Like, and you don't think Majora's Mask is one of them? Uh, no. <laughs> Um, yeah, I respect well, like I said, opinion, like there are, there are songs that I love a lot, like the Astral Observatory and Terminal mm-hmm. Field as well. But like, I like 
it's just a few songs that I really like, you know? It's Whereas you like go me, to another like, game in the series and I like most of the soundtrack a lot. I don't know why, but I I like I like studied all of the music of Majora's Mask because I just loved it so much. I I think Clocktown is is one of my favorite Zelda tunes ever. Um just how it transforms over the three days and it is it is already very catchy but then like as everybody knows as you go to day three and the tempo is increased and there's these like very dark chords undertoning the the upbeat frantic uh sound and it feels very busy which you know Everybody would be freaking out if a giant moon was that close to destroying your whole shit. And shit <laughs> to 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 I don't even know what I'm saying. What I am saying is that I I feel like why I enjoy Majora's Mask so much is that it is perfect. It it matches the tone and the world perfectly. Like, going out of Clocktown, you would feel adventurous in the Termina Field music. You'd get the little, um, bits of the old Hyrule Field, uh, you know, sprinkled in there with, uh, different instrumentation and a different way it was composed. And the music would be similar to the locales you visited in, in Ocarina of Time, but you a know, little bit different and hey, a little Alex, bit Can I actually add on darker. to what you're saying? Yeah. I, I think it's fascinating how in Ocarina of Time, which is a, you know, it, it's a Zelda game, obviously. And it's the first 3D Zelda game. Wow, it's it's a landmark. That mm-hmm. doesn't have the semblance of the Zelda theme, like the, the main Zelda theme. But Majora's Mask, which was, you know, the odd one out for a good while, the one that didn't feel like a Zelda game, it has a Zelda theme in it. And Terminal Field. Yeah. Like that's just a fun little thing that that people don't really bring often or bring up often. It's it's what, what I had uh what oh here it is. <laughs> you you were watching me process a thought live. <laughs> there, there. I remember when I was talking about Kingdom Hearts one with somebody. To we always have to bring up Kingdom Hearts on this podcast. I'm really sorry that we have to keep doing this, but. I was like, I think Traverse Town is one of the best music, uh, uh, the best main world themes ever composed. And they were like, why? It's it's so boring and like, but it, Traverse Has Town's theme actually told you that Traverse Town sounds yes, boring. Yes, they they said it's repetitive. It, it's not it's not complex enough. I, mean, and I can like, understand not thinking it's the best thing ever, but I've never heard that before. I, I'm not gonna. He who should not be named <laughs> was like, uh, you know, it's a boring track, but I'm like, it it captures the same essence of like going into like waking up, honestly, waking up in in like a magical sort of land that you've never seen before, and I feel like Clocktown Two captures that same theme of like getting dropped in a world you know nothing about. Until you leave, when things start getting familiar. Well, yeah, it's, it's an yeah, interesting. I mean, like, because I can acknowledge that, but like, yeah, man, I just can't say it's one of my favorite. Because like, no, that's you got game, fair, you got games fair. like, you got games like Minish Cap, which I think just has a better yeah. soundtrack overall, just for Minish Cap is like, just for reasons that it's like more like 
just for like base primal reasons, I like listening to it. Like, there's nothing wider to it. It's just kind of like I really like that soundtrack a lot.、Mm-hmm. Um, but I would put that over Majora's Mask, honestly. And then like for like more thematic reasons, maybe Twilight Princess. I think just has a better soundtrack because like especially Twilight Realm theme is like oh my god, love that. I love the I love that Twilight Princess's soundtrack is a little more understated.、Um, besides、mm-hmm. like Hyrule Field, which is like the most Obviously, in your face song ever. It's like my favorite Hyrule Hyrule Field rendition.、Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, what I guess what I'm just trying to say is that Majora's Mask has never really been up there for me, which might surprise people. But like, the more I think about it, there are only a few songs that I really love, and then the rest are just whatever. You know, Burn Michael, what do you think about the music? I want to get Michael's opinion on the music. Ah,、uh, I don't really have anything to add. At this point,、oh! why is that, Michael? Your opinion is very valid. Well, how about a? I guess I can say this: the soundtrack is probably the one thing about Majora's Mask that I feel was better in Ocarina of Time. Ooh, why do you think that? Like Ocarina of Time had all of these timeless. Like I, I think it was really interesting how not only did it have like dungeon themes and stuff, and the overworld theme that was unique, and Ganon's theme and the boss themes and stuff like that, but it also had the Ocarina songs as well that were all like real songs. They weren't just random strings of notes. You know, like the Bolero of Fire is an actual song. I could hum for you. And then you、Do、get right to now. Do it right now. Well, you, you win that. You, you win that round. You win that round. You、It's、said you could hum it. You said you could hum it. For some reason, the only thing that's I, coming I to mind、it. is that is the what was it? Something of shadow, elegy. No, not elegy of emptiness. <laughs> Now that's the song of time. Song time is great. Song of storms is great. You know. I mean, it's just like、uh, the prelude of light is like burned into my brain because I had to play it so much. Um, but then it's like you get over to、um, Majora's Mask, and it's just like I can kind of remember the bo- the、mm-hmm. boss boss and over、mm-hmm. whatever it's called.、Mm-hmm. I can't remember the、um, the Deku song at all. <laughs> like the LG of emptiness is like I, I can only vaguely remember it because you have to play it like a million times on the way up to Stone Tower Temple. Uh, and it's just like then there's the fact that all of the area themes are just the same song, except slightly different. You know. Oh man. Ooh. It's. I mean, it's like it has its good. It's like King K was saying. It has its good songs in there. Like the the Majora's Mask boss themes are really great. I I love the song that plays when it's like the end of the world. It's like the last few hours before the moon crashes. That yeah, for some reason yeah, is adapted into a、too. sound effect for the exit portals in Wind Waker, which I always thought was weird. Yeah, <laughs> that is weird. So it's like I, I, I didn't mention that song because that song is really good. I don't know why I didn't mention that. Yeah. So there's that song, and then that's kind of it, honestly. It's you know, it's it's good. It does its job, but it's it's just like I yeah, feel、exactly. like Ocarina、that's、of Time where, is、yeah. like the more impactful set of tracks. That's just how I feel. I, you know, I respect your opinion. Music is entirely subjective. 
so let's move on. Alright, so side quests. And that to me Did is a different say side quests? <laughs> Did somebody say side quests? Yeah, this is like real people. off this kind of off topic, but do you know if Alec likes Majora's masks? I don't remember. I think he's on the Ocarina of Time uh team. This one. <laughs> the team. It's a little softball league of video game critique people. I, I guess I was like... just curious to know if he liked the side quest heavy game, you know. That is an interesting question. Curiosity. We should have him on here. <laughs> oh wait. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Alec will never be on this podcast. Um, does he still one. even listen? I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question. That's a Alec. good question. But anyways, <laughs> so that don't that be to mean me, to him. Well, you know, as Alec always says, so you're, you're not a real friend if you can't take a pie in the face. Amen. And by always <laughs> says, I mean he said it once, and everybody thought it was funny, so we keep repeating it to him. <laughs> okay, side quests. Uh, what I kind of like, and this is, this to me is like the diff- there are like two reasons why I like this more than Batwa. Number one, the world is compact and is just as big as it needed to be. There's no fluff or filler space like there was in Hyrule Field in the last game. Or just Batwa in its entirety. You don't have to waste Shut time up. climbing over mountains and shit. Number two, <laughs> there are actually things to do in this world that aren't just shrines. Like, it, I actually feel like I'm getting to know the world of Termina when I do side quests, like when I'm meeting Tingle's father, or uh, Anjud Cafe, as, as annoying as that side quest is, it, I like the way it flushes out the world. It's the mm. idea that the Skull Kid has been messing around with people, like, even before you got there, you know, seeing the impact of that. Um, you have the Skulchula houses, which I mentioned earlier. They took kind of an annoying side quest of Macarena of Time and recontextualized it in a way that's actually pretty fun. Uh, where you like you're exploring these little mini dungeons and you gotta, you know, be creative and think about where you yeah. can find these Skulchulas. And it's just and it's it, it's a limited space, so it's not like an Ocarina of Time where it's like the entire game world and the dungeons you could find these Skulchulas. No, it's just like it's in this one, these few little confined rooms, and you can hear them clearly and stuff. Like, the worst it gets, I think, is you needing to put bugs in soft soil, and I think the, the Woodfall Sculptula House, that's, yeah. like, the worst to get. You also have to do that in the Great Bay one as well. Oh, yeah, okay. Like, yeah, I, that, I you know, that's parts, probably but... one of the reasons I like Stray Fairies a lot, is because, like... The thing with gold Skulltulas is that they were just everywhere, all at once. In this game, it's like, stray fairies are just in the dungeons, you know? Like, yeah. you only have to worry about them in there, and I think that's part of the reason I like them more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, everything in Clock Town is obviously great, like you have the- One of my favorite scenes in the game is just like, you walk into the mayor's office, and you see like the grumpy old car carpenter Muto arguing with like the the, le the chief guard about whether or not to evacuate the town. It's just like, the models in the scene actually look good, unlike Ocarina of Time. Like, the mayor's model looks really good, surprisingly. Like, all the new models they made for this game, like we barely talked about the graphics at all, but this game uses the expansion pack and requires it. 
And unlike DK64, it isn't just used to fix one glitch and wasn't otherwise utilized. They actually built this game from the ground up to use this expansion, so you get better draw distances. Unfortunately, you don't get a better frame rate, which is surprising, but... You know, I'll take, I'll take the better textures at least. Uh, this game has much better texture work than Ocarina of Time. And, like, all the models that come back are just the same, but whenever they have to make, like, a new model... Like, there's this one frog boss that you fight in Woodfall Temple, I think? Like, he yes. rides on top of a turtle, and I, I remember seeing that character model and being like, Wow, that looks really good for N64. And there was never any point. Actually, there was one point in Ocarina of Time. It's when it's the close-up on Ganondorf's face after you defeat him, and he's in the Sacred Realm, spinning around, and his mouth is open. <laughs> that was like the one yeah. moment where I thought, yeah, that actually looks good. But with Ocarina of Time, or Bajor's Mask, like, there's that one boss from Links to the Past that comes back with all the bubbles. He's like a big eyeball. Like, that model looked yeah. good. The, um... The little baby Goron who cries a lot, his model looks great, and so does his dad's. Um, all of the Zoras look great. You know, like anything that was new for this game looks great for N64, anyway. But yeah, and so I just wanted to say that much. But um, yeah, so that's it felt like the side quests, not only was I actually getting worthwhile stuff from it like I brought up the stone mask side quest earlier as being moderately obscure but the what you get from it is actually very useful um, it basically means that you can cheese the Gerudo pirate fortress entirely and it's just like I didn't know you could use it for that at one point but then I think I saw Chugga Conroy's playthrough I'm like oh you can do that neat and then the next time I played the game, I did it, and it made it faster. It's just, there's always, it, it always seems like everything you get has some kind of, well, I mean, there's some dud masks, like there's one that lets you smell mushrooms or something, that I don't think anyone's you, ever going to use, but at least the... You, you get the, the mushrooms to give to the potion lady in the swamp, yeah, and, and then she I makes believe potions. it gives you a blue potion. And yeah. the blue potions are, like, the best ones. Right, but it's just like otherwise the mask has no use. Yeah, and yeah. the point is that the, there the are, the there are several like masks in the game that serve no other purpose than to just be like you give it to somebody or you wear it like next to somebody, you know. Mm -hmm. So they like I feel like some masks are more like, and there's nothing wrong with that. In, like inherently, it's just that like some of the masks are more memorable than others, probably like. Like, there's this yeah. one mask, I think it's called the Bremen mask, that makes you into, like, a marching band for cuckoos or something. Yeah. That has, yeah. the, it only, it's only used for one side quest, and then it, as far as I know, it has no other Incorrect, use. Incorrect, sir! <laughs> Alright, let's hear it. You can, you can actually use it in the Icona Palace uh, boss fight, where you're fighting the two uh, goons. You can actually use that mask and march around, and they'll march around to the song. Well, the more you know, actually, folks. Actually, I didn't know that. I actually did not know like that. Like I was That's saying, that that feeds into the Sega learning curve thing I was saying well, earlier. Just, I, I don't, I don't even think I said it once in this almost two-hour-long podcast. But Majora's Mask is my favorite game of all time. Yeah, you you haven't said that yet. But I haven't said that yet. That is interesting. It, that's what I'm saying is that like there are always there's a lot of these weird little quirks to Majora's Mask. And you it, can wear the Captain like... Kita mask in front of uh, the King of Icona, like the, the the that boss fight, 
and he'll actually he'll actually mistake you for Captain Kita. He's like, oh, Captain Kita! Oh my God, it's been so long! And then he's just like, wait, how'd you get so small? How did you get so small? Yeah, it's just like little shit like that, you know. So use the masks. Use all the masks in every situation. You might find some fun shit. Indeed. But that's, that's my tidbit of advice. But if I could say something about the side quest, and again, you know, this is my favorite game of all time, but I got I gotta learn to accept the bad with the good. And I like most of these side quests. But this game kinda has a Mario Odyssey issue where you replace the moons with heart pieces. There are 52, I believe, there are a total of 52 heart pieces in this game. You know, seeing how there's only four dungeons, you only get four straight up heart containers for beating the bosses. So, yeah. yeah, that's where most of the rewards for the side quests come from. But at the same time, you know, you get too much of a good thing, it starts to, you know, the, val the value of said thing starts to diminish a little bit. So when you're when you're using a mask on, you know, let's say the, the mayor, for example, the couple's mask in front of the mayor, it has this really sweet sentimental moment. But at the same time, it's like, okay, well, I know exactly what I'm going to get out of it. You know what I mean? So it kind of, like, it kind of takes away a little bit of the surprise or, or, or the thrill of, oh, what, what's going to happen if I do this in this situation? Oh, you just get another heart piece. It's par for the course. It's useful. Of course it's useful. But that thrill kind of goes away after a while. Uh, yeah. And also... You know, again, you know, there are a lot of great side quests and a lot of the, you know, a lot of the side quests have really sentimental and really heartwarming stories. Uh, but at the same time, you know, another way how you get the uh, heart pieces is that you have to do the shooting gallery games multiple times. Ooh. And, and you know, if you're doing this on 3DS and you're using, using the, the circle pad or the gyro aiming, it's fine. When you're playing this on an original N64 with the original analog controller, it's fine. You're doing this on a GameCube or on a Pro controller for the Wii, you're gonna you're gonna suffer a little bit because you have to deal with that fucking sensitive aiming shit, and I yeah. hate it. <laughs> and that that's what I played when I was a kid. I didn't get no N64 controller. I had that GameCube controller, so I know that shit. And this was still your favorite game of all time. And it was still my favorite game of all time. But we'll talk about that later. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. This actually good. I've never really thought about that. It's kind of like... I feel like some of the 3D Zeldas struggle with something that... Is it <laughs> that um, the 2D games grasped a little better in terms of rewards? Yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of the 2D games had more like interesting rewards, like actual sword upgrades and armor upgrades and like you know that i don't know why the 3d games just decided to not use like, but i mean to be fair to be fair you know you, you do get the masks in this game and even if we're going to bring it back to ocarina of time uh you know you got the different elemental arrows uh you got the big oron sword and you got like fucking like the, the, the spells like din's fire Nehru's love Bora's wind like there was yeah, I feel stuff, like, yeah. but I mean, but in the I case like of Majora's it, I Mask, like most of the masks. Ocarina, they were like they were oh. closer to a link to the past, so they were like, yeah, eh, you can carry over a lot of that. But even Ocarina of Time, I'm pretty sure, just like 
because they had to give you the master sword so you're just like after that it's like eh. <laughs> <laughs> like eh? i don't know and then the the um, the armor upgrades are just situational I guess future games did experiment with armor upgrades, but they, a lot of them were awful, so... <laughs> Whatever, I guess. Yeah. You know, but with Majora's Mask, though, I mean, you do get stuff like the Bunny Hood, which, you know, it lets you run around super fast. Stone Mask makes you completely invisible. You know so what? Yeah, are... the Bunny Hood is actually really good, now yeah. that I think about it. You know, there are, there are specific masks that have their uses, but then you get things like the Circus Leader Mask. What does that even do? Like, you don't... You're, you only use it at one point to get... What do you get? I don't, no, you don't use it for any of the side quests. The 3DS version, it does. You get an extra bottle out of, the, out of that with the 3DS version, I think. But in the vanilla version, or the original version, it's just there. You don't get... You don't... It has no use. Yeah. So, I think that's why they changed it in the 3DS version. Because yep. it originally had no use. Yeah, but it's all worth it for that sweet, sweet, fierce deity. Yeah, you know, actually, hang on. So that's actually something I want to talk about, and I, I, I am kind of curious to know if you guys did this as well. Uh, you know, because this game is actually kind of glitchy and kind of exploitive. Uh, I just, I want to know, like, did you guys ever mess around with any of the glitches in this game? Uh, not on purpose, no. Because that's something no. I did a lot back in the day like trying to figure out how to how to get the fierce deity mask to work outside of um you know outside of the boss areas uh there there's like this one specific glitch where uh for Seikon's hideout uh if you roll in just the right spot like in between the boulder and the crack you can like slip right inside of it and then you'll be inside the hideout you know you can't really do anything because cafe won't be there but you know you can do it why the hell not and there's this other point where um, you can use the ice arrows to, like, go all the way across the ocean, and, like, all the way outside of the map, and then just fall into a bottomless pit. Why? I don't know, but you can fucking do it. It's like, I, I had, like, when I was a kid, I would always, like, explore this game in, like, the weirdest ways, just trying to find out what exactly I can do. And that's part of the appeal for this game for me. And the fact, again, like, this game was rushed. We all know this, so they couldn't really iron out a lot of these kind of bugs that, that are here. But I think that adds on to the charm. You know, it's just glitchy where you know, like, it falls through the floors of and game-breaking, but... Odyssey, like we, uh -oh. <laughs> earlier, we brought up this oh, no. idea um, that, you know, the famous Miyamoto quote that a delayed game is eventually good. Uh -huh. um, I feel like Mario Odyssey is the rare example of a game that became worse because they had more time to work oh. on it. You know, Did you see me Hadox awake from my awakened. slumber? <laughs> <laughs> As I was listening to you, I'm like, this is acceptable, I remember... this is acceptable, this is acceptable. And now Hold I'm my shit! Hold my beer! <laughs> Hold so, my yeah. water. So I remember us being on the wrong. podcast and talking about, like, before Mario Odyssey came out, Ryan basically saying, Oh yeah, they said that the game is already done, they're just waiting until December to, you know, put it out. So I feel like what happened was they finished the game like they normally would on a rushed timetable, but then they had like several months left over until the Christmas release, and that's when they started putting out all the filler. I don't know. I don't have any way to prove that, but I f it's true in my headcanon. 
But then, I, I don't think that'd be true because if they gotta get it for a release, you gotta think they're shipping it, you know. Um, they're manufacturing the games, all that kind of stuff. I mean, so, have other people who do that kind of stuff too. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I the feel developers like don't do that. You finish your build and then you hand it off to, you know, get it manufactured. Yeah, I don't, but I don't. I feel like that's a weird conspiracy theory, Michael. Is still alive, people. Stay woke. <laughs> Anyways, that, that didn't really right have anything to do with anything, but then again, neither, do neither does half the shit Haydock says, so... Oh. I have a question. Here's a question. Just do you guys... Still alive? <laughs> no, it's much less... <laughs> That's um, gonna do you date guys this podcast. Like... <laughs> we gotta bleep that name. It's August 12th, 9.43pm Eastern Standard Time. There, I just did it. I dated it. <laughs> do you, okay, Michael's... do you guys do you guys like the fierce day mask? That's what I'm trying to ask. Yeah, I, mean, I like it. I'm kind of curious. I'm kind of curious. I like the fierce deity mask, but not for its intended purpose. What do you mean I, by that? The more time passes, the more I am like, like I. The more I realize that I have never actually fought the final boss, you know, like. Mm -hmm. Um, because every time I play it, I just get the Fierce Deity Mask. It's actually a lot more fun without it, honestly. Yeah, that's what I mean, is like... The, the Fierce Deity Mask is like a cool reward on paper, but the more I think about it, I'm like, hmm. <laughs> the, more, the more I think about it, I'm like, is it... Mm, I don't know. I don't know if I even like it anymore. Because it's like, it was really cool on my first playthrough, but then the more the more I play it, I'm like, I don't need that, really. Well, I'd rather yeah. actually fight the boss. Because, like, the way how I always saw it, like, when, of course, when I was a little kid and I, I get this cool-looking <laughs> mask, I'm like, wow! Like, I would try to figure out ways on how to get this mask to work outside of the boss rooms. You know, so playing around <laughs> that way I'm was always sorry. fun. Uh, Haydox posted this one gif in our chat, and I'm just like... The longer I look at it, the funnier it gets. Is it the Judge Judy one? Yes. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta put up the gif, Michael. No, Michael, I want, I want you to have this gif on, like, from the very start of the podcast, just like to the corner, to the top left. Do, do you realize <laughs> why, very why I posted it too? Because it also has something to do with the time mechanic of the game. <laughs> Yeah, right. No, I am. I am. Michael, you think I'm stupid, but I've been playing fucking 4D chess. Wait until I steal <laughs> your channel. Wait until that. You'd when have my to master plan is finally released. Well, says you. But, anyways. <laughs> but trying to figure out how to get this thing to work outside of the boss rooms is always like one of the appeals for me. And also. <laughs> You know, one of the one of the things about this game, one of the things that everyone will always say about this game is that no matter what you do, you cannot save everyone. But that never stopped me from trying. So, like, I would always have like, I, I remember like when, back again back when I played this game like religiously, I would have like notes to be like, okay, so if I do this while wearing the fierce deity mask in the boss room, I could take the, I could take him out in this point, this seconds. Uh, then I could just warp over here, do this, do this, uh, go to Snowhead, beat the boss in X amount of seconds, and then like. So I pretty much like use the fierce deity mask to cheese the bosses so I can get rid of like the the curse of that region just get that out of the way 
do the side quests uh, that require more time, you know, in those areas. Like, that's what I would use it for, too. To try to, like, mm. save as many people as I could before the before the final day. Right. Just to see if I could. But see, that's a challenge run, and Hadox is on yeah. like this. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh. hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Hadox! Ah! Kick me when I'm down. And I'll arise five times stronger, King K. He's a phoenix. Destroy, strike yeah. me down, and I'll become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. Have we exhausted things to talk about? <laughs> he says... Well, I figure we're rounding out this baby at just two hours, and I'd like to end at a clean two hours. I mean, it's just for uh, there's no way this will be a clean two hours. <laughs> we're already gonna pass it. Well, we got the intro, so. Well, I mean, my audacity's <laughs> I mean, the, already past two hours. I mean, the intro. Do we have anything more we have to say? I mean, what do you mean, what intro? You know, the part where we're all fighting, I'm cutting that out and just starting with the Majora's Mask. No! <laughs> no! You can't do you that! You can't do that, Michael. Don't do it! That was funny. That was funny. I feel like it, I feel like people are not gonna like it. I would! I like it. I liked I it. Would. It was good. That Michael, made me come so on. Happy. I'll edit the podcast this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then you'll uh, publish it in like an MP3 or something. <laughs> okay. I will. No, that's what you, you don't want to do. In. You gotta keep it in, Michael. Keep, <laughs> keep, but censor Jeff. <laughs> Jeffrey the world Combs. can never know. Um, are we done? I mean, we can if, just... if I could talk about the way how, I mean, I know it's like super late to do this at like the end of the podcast, but the way how I was introduced to this game, like my first experience with it. Okay. Because I mean, I think it was kind of important Uh, because, you know, back Way, way long ago, uh, when my parents were together, uh, we had an N64, we, and my sister and I would play Ocarina of Time. We would try to figure out how to beat the game. You know, it was a group effort. Uh, then, after a while, my parents got a divorce, and, you know, those things are expensive, so to accommodate the cost, they had to sell the N64 with all the games that we had and a lot of the PC games that we used to play, too. You know, and as a little kid, that kind of thing can be, like... It, it could be pretty overwhelming. Like, you don't know what's going on. Mom and dad are always fighting. It gets it gets freaky. And, you know, I, we also couldn't afford cable after the divorce, too, because, you know, cable can be kind of expensive. You're still paying off the lawyers and whatever. You're paying all that off. So we didn't really have... I didn't have a way to distract myself from what was happening when I was a kid. And I guess my parents noticed that. So, you know, the Christmas of that year... I actually got a GameCube with the Zelda collected, well, the Zelda collection with Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, and uh, Zelda 1 and 2. And you know, the fact that I was able to play Ocarina of Time again was just like, whoa, like, that's really cool. But the fact that I could, I could have played Majora's Mask, you know, which, if you remember the lore from the last video, uh, you know, I got that game first, but we didn't have the expansion pack, you know? So I got to finally play that game for the first time. And, you know, just getting lost in this place, you know, like, which, by the way, like, the first three days of this game, I, I love, because you got posters saying, like, oh, you know, we're we're the carpenters, we're gonna get ready for the festival, oh, we're the knights, we're supposed to protect people, and then you also got, like, things that, you know, foreshadow things happen in, like, Great Bay, and you have the Goron that is supposed to, uh, he, he came from the uh, Stowpeak region, 
and he's trying to like find a place to stay for the night and then like you take his you take his name or you take his hotel because like you apparently share the same name like there's a lot of like stuff like that that just kind of like that that sucked me in and you know the whole point of the game again is about finding happiness in the darkest of times and part of the reason why this game is my favorite game of all time is because it came at just the right time for me you know i was going through this weird thing and this game was an outlet for me to be happy and it taught me on how to actually make other people happy and like it kind of it shaped little baby ryan you know because like that's what i want to do with my life like i don't know what exactly i want to do i just like it when i make people fucking happy like a little a little story like well, i remember you know ryan remember, you know what would make people happy is if i if shut we, up no 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 as if we finished <laughs> wow. sonic high school the movie no oh that, that's where it draws a line though but like like a few a few months ago i worked at retail and there was this customer who i had and she was like getting ready for like a wedding and she was like panicking because you know getting ready for that kind of stuff is stressful and she found the right thing that she needed but it was a little bit damaged and she was freaking out over it. And I'm like, okay, well, you know what? Yeah, I'll cut you a deal. And I, I I, took off a little bit off the normal price, maybe a little bit more than I should have. Boss, if you're watching, I'm sorry, but whatever. Uh, and, you know, she was like, when I when I reduced the price for her, she, like, she got like really fucking happy over it. Like she started crying, like in front of my face. I'm like, whoa, lady, listen, it's not that big of a deal. Right. But, you know, she, she thanked me. She walked out. And then like a month later, she actually came back. And she's like, hey, Ryan, I, I don't know if you remember me, but you helped me out a few or about a month ago. I'm like, oh, yeah, I do remember you. And she actually showed me pictures of her wedding and she was actually talking to me about her wedding and shit like that. It's like, that's why I like making people fucking happy because shit like that happens. You know, it's just I don't know. Like this game just when it made such a huge impression on me. And it just it taught me to when, when the going gets tough. You just got to stick. You, you got to stick with it. You know, you just you got you got to power through it. You just got to make the best out of any situation that you're in. This Aww. game is a beautiful fucking game. And you're beautiful, it, it has, Ryan. You're has, a beautiful soul. You're I a fucking beautiful you're soul. breathtaking. <laughs> he is. <laughs> Ryan is the the Superman of our podcast. No. Yes. No. You you are the the prettiest boy in the club. No. As they say. <laughs> no. No. King K is our Wonder Woman, and Michael <laughs> is our Green Lantern. <laughs> what a but weird this game thing has a lot say. of flaws. It's rushed, and there's a lot of problems with it. But for what this game does, and for what how this game even managed to be a thing, given all like the the, the background stuff that happened with it, with it being rushed, and you know the kind of pressure that went on to making this game, the fact that it is what it is, and the fact that it resonates with so many people like that to me says that this is one of the most important games that are fucking out there. Ocarina of Time hmm. was was a monument was a monumental game. One of the most revolutionary games out there, but Majora's Mask is more than just a fucking game. It's it's a fucking journey. It's an experience and it's there's no other game like it. Yep. I love it's it. It's in my top 3. It's it's my favorite. Period. No ifs ands or buts. It's been that way since I since the first day I played it. Nothing's ever came close. Yep. All right. I guess that's all. I love when when Ryan has a this very emotional speech. <laughs> Michael replies with, "Yep." It's <laughs> everything. Michael, you're beautiful as well. <laughs> I, I don't. I used, I, don't, I used to be what? before my face got pudgy. 
You know what? No, Michael, XO, I, I'm going to get you up. back for this. Okay, one day, Michael, you're, you're going to get married. You're such a you're, handsome You're going to get married one of these days, Michael, right? I'm going to be at your wedding. <laughs> I'm going to be giving out a toast. Like, after, like I'll be like, I'll, I'll be tipping the guys like, ding, 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 ding. Yup. And just sit back down. And I'll give a toast and say, ding, ding, ding. Hello, everybody. I'm washed up internet person, Haydox. <laughs> and I, Sorry, they, I haven't made man, a video guy, in 10 years. <laughs> This guy and I, we were, <laughs> we were in the YouTube wars. We were in the trenches, you know. We were in the trenches. Um, and I, I knew him. Uh, I didn't like uh, his opinions on video games a lot of the time. <laughs> but, but he's my brother. <laughs> and then I'd cry, and then everybody, one would rush around me and say, "Oh, it's okay." And I'd like take all the tension away from you, and, and then it'd be here, like my wedding's crying mascara tears. Yeah, he'll he'll, <laughs> he'll be, be wearing mascara for some reason. And Michael, Michael, if you ever self-deprecate on this podcast again, we'll kick you out. So, Haydox, will you be wearing a Pac-Man shirt as well? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna be wearing like the same gray collared shirt with a bit of stubble. You know. I'll yeah, you won't. You won't even on. shave before my wedding. No, I no. wouldn't shave. I mean, I trim, but I wouldn't shave. I'm keeping my beard and mustache. King K, would you shave? I mean, I do shave. Okay. You should so, grow out your beard. Yeah. Talk about it more, King K. I mean, I've tried to do it once, and it doesn't really go that far. Maybe I just didn't try for long enough. Michael, your you your video with good. your Michael, you you posted a video on Twitter.com with your cat, <laughs> and I remember that All Beef and I were talking about Stinky Steve. And he was like, I was like, you see this video of Michael with his cat? And he's like, yeah, it's cute. And I'm like, I know. And that was the whole extent. I thought you should know. <laughs> yeah, he likes, he likes Yuki. Yuki's good. You should post more pictures rather than video game opinions on your Twitter.com page. <laughs> Who posted my nudes on Twitter.com? I have an announcement to make. Shout out to the hedgehogs, a bitch ass motherfucker. Alright, before we start developing into internet life. quotes, we need to end. But he said okay. his dick was this big. Thank you, and I said, everybody, That's for disgusting. watching. Okay. It looks Thank like you, everybody, for watching. Um, King K, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share with the audience? Uh, I shave. Okay. Alright, like shave that, your pubes, Obama? everyone. <laughs> Please check out our YouTube channel for video versions of all our podcasts. The music used in this podcast is as follows. Aces High, Airport Lounge, Almost New, Apro Hour, Awesome Call, Beachfront Celebration, Bosa Antigua, Bosa Bosa, Chucky the Construction Worker, Continue Life, Cool Vibes, Crinoline Dreams, Deuces, Dirt Roads, Dispersion Relation, District 4, Eternity, Fireflies and Stardust, Funnin' and Sunnin', Funky Chunk, Hard Boiled, Hepcats, Honeybee, Near Arms, Intractable, Jazz Brunch, Leopard Print Elevator, Lobby Time, Local Forecast Slower, Matt's Blues, Mining by Moonlight, No Good Layabout, Novel Noel, Octo Blues, Porch Blues, Porch Swing Days Slower, Samba Isabel, Shades of Spring, Sidewalk Shades Slower, Somewhere Sunny Version 2, Street Party, Water Droplets on the River, White, and Winter Chimes. These tracks were composed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and are licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0. 
You can find this license at http colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash buy forward slash 4.0. This video was edited by Exoparadigm Gamer, who you can find on YouTube and Twitter. Thank you all very much for watching our podcast, and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you.